76 of Gaming Fix uh, this Saturday, June 29th. Uh, I'm there. hosting today. I'm Allison. I'm also tired, so uh, this might be interesting. Um, joining me is Erica. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> and Alex. Hi. And our best boy, Pat, bringing it back. What, what, what comes to mind when I say the words Lamborghini Hurricane? Mm, nothing how about <laughs> 6.2 billion kilometers driven kilometers oh. don't mean anything to me i don't know what that how about 10,749 <laughs> years spent in the first year of the crew two. <laughs> oh no wow <laughs> do you want to know the most depressing stat about a video game that i have ever heard in my life yes yeah this is a video game made by Ubisoft that even though I came around on thinking is not great, I still think got a little bit too much shit. Like it is, it is a like, it's like almost a three star video game. All right. Sure. So there are 300 plus vehicles in the game, which is not that, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not like that's, that's a reason to I mean just 150 Pokemon. Like <laughs> this is a reasonable amount of vehicles to collect. Um, only 34 players own them all. <laughs> oh <Wow>. my God. <laughs> Holy crap. 34. That's I'm looking amazing. at this infographic from the first year of the crew two that they shared on Twitter. And they have like some impressive, like 6.2 billion kilometers driven. Sounds impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people's favorite spots, favorite vehicles, the Lamborghini hurricane was the most used vehicle, all that stuff. And then one of the stats is 34 players own all 300 plus vehicles. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, that's not it. It makes me want to go own all the vehicles because it can't be that hard. So then you can be 35. Yeah. It's like like 35 people. I like playing that game fine. That's impressive. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. Yeah, 34 Um, is like remarkably low for people who are just like, like, I don't know. There's got to be more people who are like really into that game. Yeah, like, I, I mean, again, I, like the AI is the reason that that game isn't very good is that the handling is very like basic and the AI is bad. It's not like it's broken or like a terrible game to play. That's why I think it got too much shit is like, it's just a, you just, it's a basic, you drive it around cars and planes and boats. It's fine. There's no, like, there's nothing about it that is, it's not like fallout or something where like there's a, there are fundamentally broken elements to it that are like, uh, ruin the game it's just not hard and the cars drive better in forza but like the cars drive better in forza versus pretty much everything so like whatever it's it's a, it's a it's a average driving game and i think the plane and boat stuff is pretty fun uh so it's just but geez 34 players own all 300 like, vehicles that's rough i would i would think achievement hunters you know what if maybe that maybe that means there's only 34 achievement hunters left i don't know yeah i mean i don't i think the issue for it from an achievement hunting perspective is that it requires too much of a time investment to be worth it for people who are just there for the achievements but honestly i've considered reinstalling it to check out some of the dlc that they put out afterwards because like they added more stuff over the course of the year uh and i didn't see any of it 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It has a, it has a, a, a person living with a disability, mobility disability living like in the game who is a badass and has a really cool car. That's more than I can say about 95% of video games that exist. <laughs> it's, it's true. We can't hear Alex. The, he's so excited about the crew that he muted himself. So, yeah, I'm just confused as to why the crew two has come up again. It's <laughs> only like, because I was scrolling through Twitter before we started and saw "Happy First Birthday" the crew two from yeah, the crew two. Like, it's, it's been like which a year. You can't really wish yourself a happy birthday either. I want to point out. <laughs> oh, the crew two. Anyway, anyways. Uh, needs to because nobody else is going to remember i'm not going to promise you that we won't ever talk about the crew two again but that's all i have to say about it this week cool uh well we are going to await your um thrilling crew two updates cool which we which we desperately want um but in the meantime let's talk about some video games uh that we've been playing that <laughs> oh, was wow. a bad two, which is not a video game <laughs> the <Yeah>. shade <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start with Alex then. With what oh. have you been Well, I have stuff to talk about that's not video games, but let's talk about a video game real quick. Or let's talk cool. about two video games real quick, and then we're going to talk about this thing for about an hour that is not a video game. <laughs> no, we specifically <laughs> said we won't talk about it for an hour. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it a little, but not an hour. Um, so I actually had a pretty productive week when it came to stuff for this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say productive, probably not like most people's standards of productive. Yeah, no, I got a lot of stuff in this week. Um, stuff I'm not going to talk about, Resident Evil 2, because I'm not far enough in to have any strong opinions. And I think it'll be better when Andre's here so we can talk about it because he's played that game to death. Like he's basically started speed running it. Um <laughs> which is he's nuts but he he loves it so i can't blame him um sorry there's a very loud vehicle there we go um but one of the video games i do want to talk about is uh mortal kombat 11 which i know that you have played some of pat not all of but uh do you know what chapter you got up to or what was the latest story event that you saw I was still going through the stuff on Outworld uh, with Kotal Khan and Jade. Um, okay, so you're still pretty reconnecting early. mainly. So it was fairly early, but it was like chapter four, something like that. Yeah, that stuff is actually pretty good. That stuff is handled pretty well. Yeah, um, it is. I think it, I think it's well told, well written. Yeah, and I think one could say that about that entire game story mode. <laughs> uh, I personally i am a pretty big mortal Kombat fan i guess i don't know if i would say like a giant fan but like i played mk9 when it came out and whatever that was 2011 or something on ps3 and really liked it and also played it on the vita when they kind of put it out there too played through that story mode again and really liked it there uh like back then it was telling a story that was really neat and the way it went from cutscene straight into fight was like something brand new and they executed on it super well and told a really weird story <laughs> uh that had the worst last boss fight ever holy crap have you have any of you played mk9 oh yeah because yeah. holy crap yeah. like the fucking difficulty spike on shao Kahn at the end is I, insane <laughs> i considered playing it again before mk11 because i didn't get around to mkx and yeah. i played that before mk11 came out 
Um, and I was like, well, maybe I'll play, maybe I'll go back and play MK nine also. Cause they're short games. Like the, those two yeah. are like under eight hours each. So it's like, yeah, in a weekend you can binge them pretty easily. And then I remembered that fight and was like, no, never mind. <laughs> it's so hard. I remember what happened in MK nine. <laughs> yeah. The story is good, but man, that last fight, like it is just such a wall that you slam into and like, there's it nothing sucks. you can do. Like you basically have to use exploits on him to win. Like you have mm-hmm. to get like stun lock him into a corner. That's the only way you can possibly win that fight. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, MKX, I played like three quarters of, I, for some reason I just fell off of it and never came back to it, but the story was neat. Um, it kind of went, it kind of had a time jump into the future and like, you know, everybody's older and like now they have kids and stuff and, uh, the kids were okay as characters at the time, but yeah, it was fine. So MK11 kind of went in with somewhat tempered expectations because of MKX, but I would say that it executes on its story better than either of those other two in a really significant way. And yeah, it just early on, it does, I would say for sure. Yeah. And like, it's really, really fascinating how they're able to, um, well, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's time travel in this story. Like I think no, everybody, I, kind honestly, of, everybody kind of this, knows that <laughs> it's kind of hard to spoil that game because like a lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it has time travel. And no. I think the way they handle time travel is extremely good because it's really yep. dumb. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't like, even. It's I, super dumb. I hate time travel as a concept, usually, as we talk about all the time. But in this game, I think they handled it really well. And the way that they frame it is smart, too, as it being like mystical keeper of time lady fucking with time is so much better than like we built a time machine. Totally. Yeah. And so basically what they're able to do is pull together the stories of MK nine and MKX and like a bunch of other mainline Mm -hmm. (laughs) combat games, frankly, like Armageddon gets some show in and Shaolin monks get some show in. Like they go through the entire catalog. MK two makes a big appearance near the end. Yep. Like it's, it's real fucking cool and, uh, they treat it well and it's internal logic stays consistent, which is good, but again, super fucking dumb in a really awesome way. And I think the last chapter is something that we need to talk about at some point. So yeah, I will if, finish it. I, I just got away from me cause, um, a bunch of stuff came out at once, but, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I will definitely, like the last chapter is real nuts in in a way that extends far beyond anything else I've seen in a Mortal Kombat game in a really good way. <laughs> so like when it comes to game of the year time, we're going to be talking about that explicitly. So I might say play it or watch it on YouTube because holy shit. <laughs> uh, and also for what it's worth, that game has multiple endings. Um, like I didn't realize that. Oops. Sorry. Yeah. Like there is a bad ending. There is a, halfway good ending and then there's a good ending cool Uh, i originally got the halfway good ending and was like oh well that wasn't great it was okay but it kind of fell flat then i found out there was a good ending i was like oh shit so i went back and did that and it's (laughs) it's it's excellent actually (laughs) the the good ending is really good but yeah no um i won't get into story details because i think it's still a bit too fresh to talk about but holy crap is it good yeah mk11 is definitely uh we'll be talking about it in a few months. <laughs> I I should note, I 
haven't touched any of the other stuff other than the story really i've done some practice yeah um, i haven't done much of the tower anything like that i did some tower stuff and some crypt stuff and and some training stuff it's a good i mean what i like about that game is it is um it offers a lot of different ways for you to interface with it so like even if you are not good at it enough to play against other people like me there's a lot of reason to play the ai stuff beyond the story um totally. so it's not it's not like you finish the story and then you're done like that's how i felt with mk9 and mkx is like i finished the stories on them and thankfully like with both of them because i kind of knew that they were short stories i didn't buy them at full price um yeah. so that was like i didn't feel burned but the nice thing about mk11 is i think there's enough content there for anyone to enjoy it at full price because it has such a wide range of like the tower stuff and um the combat league stuff is structured really smart where it's like you don't necessarily have to be good at it you just have to play it a bunch um which is kind of cool so even if you if you just want to play those like kind of battle pass equivalent things, um, you can do that without being good at it and still get the rewards. So yeah, it's structured really well, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Also Ronda Rousey is the worst voice actor I've ever heard. Anyways. Yeah. Um, the other game that I've been playing, <laughs> you know, what? I think... oh, wait, hold on. I've got something to say about that real quick. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Um, I've like, I've heard that I've heard that from quite a few people that like Ronda Rousey is, a nightmare voice actor. And I mean, mm. I've seen her in fast and the furious. So I'm aware of her acting skills, but like I said that to Xavier and he's like, Oh, I didn't even notice. I'm like, Oh wow. No. Oh, okay. Wow, wow, you could not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's playing through it and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess the, that maybe is a commentary on, Although I don't know, because all the other voice actors in that game are really good. <laughs> yeah, especially especially <laughs> the, the one, one like especially the one she interacts with most, who is Cassie Cage. Like, yeah, uh, like their interactions feel so strange because like Cassie Cage sounds so natural and human, and then Ronda Rousey just sounds like she's a robot in a booth. Like she, you can you can hear the recording studio. It's like yeah, it's she, she's like Cassie, no. Ew, that's like no. what she sounds like i'm that was a pretty good impression actually it's, i would say yeah that sounds better than ronda rousey did in that game but like it, she's the only one who doesn't pull her weight unfortunately mm. but okay. I, I think everybody else is excellent especially oh my god yeah we need to talk about story stuff later but <laughs> jacks gets Even if it's really just the two of us well. we'll talk about the story stuff at some point yeah. the jack stuff gets really good anyways uh yeah, Ronda Rousey sucks. So the other game that I've been playing that we can, we can probably talk about this for like an actual hour if you guys want. No. And uh, that is one that came out just yesterday, and that is oh. known as Super Mario Maker 2. I feel like it, it'll be hard to talk about it for too long because I haven't started making levels yet. I also haven't started making levels. I've mostly been playing them, but I have some... I don't know. I have some feelings on that game. I don't know. Do you guys want to jump into it first? Allison, I know you've been playing it. Yeah, I don't know how much I even have to say. I've been playing it too. Um, I haven't gotten into any of the level creation. And to be honest, with Mario Maker 1, I never really got that deep into the level creation. Um, I, I feel like I'd like to. But... Yeah, I, uh, I fully intend to build some levels. But, I am, the story. but I'm like, how... 
how level design work. Like that's my, my brain right now. <laughs> that's kind of why I want to do it because I have a lot of, I really enjoy narrative design. Like I build lots of narrative design trees and stuff just for fun. Um, because I, I like the storytelling aspect of game design. And that's something that like someday in my life I would like to, to, to do, but I'm not as good at mechanical and level design. Um, and so I'm very interested in playing this game some just to, cause like when I think about how I would, when, if you asked me like, um, to build a pitch document for a game, I could do it in an hour because I would be just like, I'm so into that. Like I'm so into the idea of like concepting a game and designing the narrative. But if you were like, you're like build a Mario level, I just blank. Like I have no idea what I would do. So I'm kind of excited at the challenge of trying to start working on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's something that I've never done before. Like I've done, I've done writing before I've done that, but just figuring out how to make a decent Mario level would be good. Um, and there are really so many options with Mario maker too. Like that's, that's the thing that's kind of exciting about it. Um, Mm-hmm. And speaking of there being so many options, there is a lot in this game. Dude, um, like I've been right? playing both online levels and also some of the story levels, um, which is basically just uh, the levels that Nintendo made. And there's, they're all tied together by you're rebuilding the castle, but it, there's just a lot in that game and a lot of different mechanics that are, have been really fun to explore. So I've, I've been really enjoying my time with it so far. Um, I feel like I've been playing it a lot and I still have quite a bit that I can get out of it. Um, and, uh, last night I played my first level that was like, it was ended up being very difficult for me. Um, but, uh, is kind of Kaizo light, in terms of being in difficulty, like it's, it has, it's not, it wasn't necessarily like the hardest level, but it was definitely like it had a two to 3% clear rate on. That's tough. And yeah, it was, and it kind of forced me out of my comfort zone, which was kind of fun. So I think I'd like to start trying to get better at some of those mechanics. Um, just because it was, it was fun to, actually like learn the things that I've seen people play. Cause I watch a lot of like with, like with GDQ watching people do Kaizo or Mario uh, world ROM hacks is one of my favorite things to watch. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but what, what were you thinking, Alex? Uh, I think it's just a really, really charming, fun experience through and through so far. I think, um, playing in the different, I don't know what do you want to call them? Tile sets, the different, Mario games, the bases, like, so you have your super Mario worlds and your new super Mario brothers and super Mario threes, et cetera. Uh, they all, they all feel distinct from one another, which Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. And they're all fun. (laughs) Like they all, like it made me appreciate the 3d world games or 3d land, whatever. I don't know, but it made me appreciate those games a lot more. Um, I mean, I, I didn't play that much of the original Mario Maker, so maybe this isn't a new revelation. Maybe this is something that people have known for a while now. But yeah, uh, I think it's important to bring up though because it's coming to so many more people now. Right? I never yeah. yeah. Mario Maker because I never had a Wii U. So yeah, exactly. Like I borrowed a friend's Wii U, um, and 
I, I, I meant to play it, but I never did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And I mean, I was one of the, f- the few proud Wii U owners and I feel like Mario Maker 2, I mean, it definitely is building up off of the, of what Mario Maker 1 did, but it's, I feel like it's doing it a lot more successfully. It's added a, it's added a whole lot of content. It's removed a lot of the things that people were not excited about with it. So I feel like it's, um, even though, yeah, the basic like core of it is still pretty similar. I feel like Mario two, maker two is, is a really good addition for it, especially since so many people didn't play the first one. Yeah. I was kind of not like on the fence about whether or not I wanted to buy this game, but I think you talked me into it. Cause like, <laughs> I have like, I did play like a good amount of the first one and I was just like, ah, you know, it's that with more, but I think, I think I'll end up playing it now. Yeah. There is a lot in this, like in the single player content. Well, like, yeah. That's what that I was going to say. Big. It's kind of, I mean, I think all of you are more platform, um, like better at and more in into platformers than I am typically. Um, like the only 2d platformers I really like are Mario. You could kind of like, I like Castlevania Metroidvania games a lot, like, but those aren't really platformers in the same way. Um, uh, and I think the story mode is like fantastic for anyone who is not super, who's kind of like, platform reverse and who doesn't have a super deep relationship with Mario. Like I like Mario games, but I, I don't know if I've finished a Mario game since super Mario three. Like I don't typically finish those games. I don't usually, I don't know. Like if you told me like, if you asked me how a clown car works before I played that level yesterday, I would not have been able to tell you anything. Um, so like, I don't, the cool thing about the story is that it switches between the different tile sets. The levels are not by framing it the way that they do of like, you're going off on these jobs to get coins to rebuild the castle. They can just throw wildly different things at you. So there's no through line from the levels, which is great because what it does is it introduces you to the different mechanics and different elements. Um, And it really feels like it's sort of giving you a, from a player's perspective, understanding of how everything works so that then when you decide you want to go make levels, you, you aren't looking at a bunch of tools that you don't know how they, they operate. Um, and it's really cool. And then on top of that, for someone like me who is not super great at platformers, it's nice because there's a lot of variety between some more puzzly levels, more adventure levels and more, um, like challenging platforming. And it, they're all so short that it doesn't feel like you're bashing your head against something for like just trying to get through the one thing for hours and hours. And you can always come back to them too, because you have a list of stuff you can do. So you can say, well, I I'm not clicking with this level and then go back to it later. Yeah. Um, I definitely have one level where I'm like, maybe I was tired of, and, and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And that is yeah. really nice. Um, yeah, it, it's really cool. And like you were saying, Alex, like it's so, I love the way that all the different tile sets look, they look so good. I've been playing it in handheld mostly. Um, I'm not really like crazy. It's fine. I'm not crazy about the switches screen. Generally it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a t- tablet screen. Like it's whatever. Um, but the, 
it's high definition enough that to play those Mario tile sets on it is like really, really fantastic looking, um, which is super cool. I haven't played it docked yet, but when I do, I'm sure it'll look great on TV too. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like this is the first time you've been able to play those kinds of those, the, those visuals in, in high definition, but it, it is, it just is, is really nice. Um, I also wish that (laughs) underscores the fact that I really wish there was a like controller that had a good D pad because yeah, that's been like my one and only real problem with the game is that it feels terrible to play on joy cons, but I don't trust the pro controller enough to play it. So (laughs) I don't, I think I'm coming around to the, the, the like disconnected D pad on the joy cons, um, like kind of forcing myself to sit down with Tetris 99 and play it like that has helped. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's been like terrible, but I really do wish that they would put out like, like literally just take the components from like a Wii remote and stick them in, <laughs> in a Joy-Con. Sure. <laughs> just give me sure. the one. <laughs> like, yeah, if they made like pro Joy-Cons, that would be interesting. And I would actually be really into that. Um, yeah. of course, everyone who has a yeah. switch would, yeah. but any, but one of the things that I was just thinking about, um, with the, uh, story levels and on also that just like the entire thing that I think is really cool is I think that the, like they've added a ton of content from Mario maker one, but one of the things that I think is the particular, particularly interesting are the, um, various clear conditions, uh, I don't know how, how much you've run, ran into these, but I are played levels with them so far, but I think they are par- possibly one of the most fun things ever. And I think this is like, if I don't, if I'm not re- misremembering some past Mario game, like this is, seems like the first time that it's been used like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. And I don't think so, but there are certain ones that are hard and, but genuinely really fun. Um, like I was playing one of the levels where you can't jump at all. And yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> it, just, yeah. it just feels so unnatural and so unusual since you're playing as Mario, whose literal main character ability is that he can jump. And then this game's like, no, nah. jump, jump man. Don't do that. You're not allowed to do it. And it's like, it's like this like interesting way to like rethink about Mario levels is with these, with some of these clear, clear conditions of, Oh, you have to do that. Oh, it's not just about getting to the end. You have to go out of your way to cl- actually collect coins too. I, I think that's really neat. Another thing though, that I'll say that I really like about it. Um, kind of the opposite of that. <laughs> um, in addition to, I mean, I love those clear conditions. They're really, I'm really excited to see how, I love the idea of like starting to build a level with a clear condition in mind and then mm-hmm. using that as like your inspiration point for building the level. Like it becomes then a puzzle of level design. How do I make something interesting where you don't jump sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the, the other thing that I love about this game is I am the sort that in most games, like this was one of my problems with Celeste. Eventually I kind of got over it, but I have a hard time leaving the strawberries alone because I feel like if I pass them up, I, and and it's dumb because I'm never, I probably will never play that game again. Um, (laughs) so like, I don't know why it was such a big deal to me, but in back of my head, I was like, well, I'm already here. It was hard to get here. 
I don't want to leave the strawberry because the next time, if I want to come and get it, I'm going to have to go through all that again. And so I would bash my head against it when I'm not good enough to get it. And, and I don't even, I'm not really even that invested. What I love about Mario maker is with the exception of the clear conditions, it feels very much like, no, I just need to get to the end. Like I don't feel the same. Like I have to collect that 10 coin that's like sitting underneath the platform and I don't know how to get it. So I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes trying to figure it out. I just run past it because like, yeah, there's always opportunities to get more coins. Right. Uh, you're, at, you're at the point where you're like, Oh, it's coins. So, and there's nothing at the end. That's like, Oh, you only collected 38% of the coins. That's the yeah. thing that like, I, I think that's good for other types of games because hundred percenting things is gives things more life and like longevity. So I'm not saying that I don't want, I don't like games where, there's percentage meters and stuff, but it, it's very freeing in this game to just think of it as I need to finish the level. Um, and that that's the, the core thing. And if I miss some coins, whatever, uh, I like that a lot. And then the other thing that I noticed even beyond the clear conditions, there's a level that I loved that where you have to get four keys in the story mode. And there's like, five or six pipes you can go in that each have a key and they all have different mechanics at play in them. And then right at the start of the area, you're given three tools. You get like a pow brick, a pow switch and a, and a, a like spring. And so it's like totally like a puzzle of how do I use these tools to get to the keys. And like the fact you can do stuff like that is so cool because it's so interesting and like puzzly versus what you would typically think of when you think of, uh, of like a platformer or of Mario. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty into it so far. I'll yeah, also say- I, that's, that's one, that's the, that's one of the levels that I've, I'm like, I'll get back to you. Cause I think it's a really cool design, but I was just like, playing it late last night and going, uh, I'm too yeah. just like <laughs> dealing with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say, uh, that, uh, I, I got up early yesterday to watch, um, Patrick Klepek's, uh, Mario maker mornings. The first one he's doing back, uh, he, he's a writer for waypoint and, um, and, and he used to do in between his time at, at Kotaku and vice. He, uh, did Mario maker morning streams where every morning he'd play some Mario maker levels and Mario maker one. And, um, another cool aspect of that game is it just the, the way that in spite of Nintendo's poor management of it, it's able to foster a community is really, really cool. Um, and it's been really cool to see so many people on Twitter that I follow, like sharing out level codes and asking for feedback. And, um, it, it it's, it's just cool that, it's a game that can create a kind of like shared cooperative experience of trying to help everyone make their levels better. Um, it's not necessarily a game that I'm interested in playing the multiplayer of much at all, but it is something that I want to like talk to people about and share codes with them and, and like try other people's levels and have them mm-hmm. try mine, um, which is a really, really cool thing. Well, and I think it's like, um, it's, it's so interesting that there is just such a wide variety of stuff like that too. Like I'm not particularly interested in some of the multiplayer or that, but there's just a, it's, it's just, it's very, I'm very, very excited to see all the content that people come up with out of this. And I think that it's, there is enough, um, uh, tools there that we're going to get a lot of content for a very long time. Like, 
this one level that I, that I played, that was kind of Kaiser light. It was literally the first level somebody ever made, like a person in a Facebook group I'm in ever made. And it was, it was, it was really fun. So I'm just really excited to see like what more people come up with. And I'm, I'm very excited to watch the inevitable, um, blind races that we have in the next GDQ for it. <laughs> that uh, is going to be like so much fun. Yeah. Um, and one of the things you brought up there is like, I think it's my one and only real criticism of the game is the fact that there's level codes. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's weird. I, I think Nintendo's still kind of, they don't understand how the internet works exactly. So, yeah, uh, but uh, I think, I think like, being able to see the top levels and stuff like that is still good. Um, I just hope they bring back, what was it called? The internet, the website that they had that you could connect to your Wii U that you could search through and stuff. I forget what it's As, called. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot yeah. what it was called, but, but, but I, if, they, if they do that again, it'll be good. I honestly kind of would hope that they would do that. I think that's a better solution than building those tools into the game only because there's only like, if it was like I could follow specific creators and then I have a menu full of people that I'd have to scroll through and punch on to see like what they're, that sounds like a nightmare too. So in some ways it's almost nice to separate. It's almost nice to me that the game is like, you can play top levels or you can put in a code and then I can keep the codes in some kind of better storage system that I can, you can also in, in reference, um, you can also favorite creators and like levels. And I don't know how, if you can like search by the levels you've liked, but, but like, I, I definitely started favoring uh, creators. Like I just found, uh, like you guys will be interested. I found Dan Reichert in there. Oh and I dear. His first level. <laughs> so. uh -oh. That was the, that was the ultimate, the ultimate thing. Um, so Patrick was playing yesterday. He was playing on a, on a, on the review copy. So it wasn't connected to the live servers. Um, and he decided to end the stream by requesting a like super hard level. And, um, he got his own level that he had made and he couldn't finish it. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> it's very good. That's, that's, that's my big thing. Cause I would love to be able to make a like, super difficult Kaizo level, but I could not complete it. So, and you need uh, one, to complete it to uh, yeah. uploads. So. One thing that is nice is, um, like, let's say you're in one of the story levels and you're having a tough time and they give you five, five lives. Right. Um, so if you lose like two or three lives, Luigi pops up and he's like, Hey, I need a hand. Oh my God. Which, which a, a is, troll. It, it is annoying, but that mechanic is neat. Basically yes. you can, you can push, yeah. you can push. I don't remember what the button is, but you can touch the touch screen and there's a area where you can basically spawn in some stuff. Like, do you need a mushroom? Here you go. <laughs> you can spawn one yeah. in for yourself or a star or whatever. Like it's basically just kind of a, like, um, lowercase a accessibility kind of thing, which is good. Yeah. You even better is when you fail the level, <laughs> Luigi pops up and he's like, do you want to give up? Do you want to try it again? Or do you want me to do it for you? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. That's amazing. Do this level. He's such a dick. He's like, I'll just do it for you. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm like, I 
kind of just want to see what the game does, but I want to complete the levels myself. My hope, I haven't clicked it either. My hope is that what it does is it shows Luigi running the level for you. If they would do that, but then also it would show like, it'd be like, Luigi finished it. Here are the coins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want, see, that's why I don't want to press it. Cause I yeah. want, I want to finish all these levels and be the like to be the person who does it but i don't want luigi to be like i did it well you can oh. go back and do past levels so maybe i'll try I that like load up a previous level and then fail it and have him do it you should do it on the very first level <laughs> luigi's like are, are you okay <laughs> how did you fail this one you're not ready for the rest of this game are you <laughs> Okay, yeah. man, that's it's it's gonna be okay. But, but yeah, I'm I, I like Mario Maker, man. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 exciting because I feel like there's like it's um already so much content, and most people are just getting started making levels for it. So there's gonna be a lot of more content. The yeah. uh, the Nintendo is just like th- th- their release calendar is wild for the rest of the year because like fire emblem in a month fire emblem comes out and then a month mm-hmm. after that astral chain comes out yeah and then a month after that i'm not, I'm not sure what their is september it, release is. is it x machina not x whatever it's called uh maybe i don't remember um, when it comes out. but anyway like the, the, they they have a stacked year for the rest yeah. of the year. Like I was looking at the list of games that I have left to pick up because most of the games I was excited for have come out, and like they're pretty much all Switch games. Uh, b- the majority of them. And oh yeah, and it's 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 me picking yeah. up Mario Maker, knowing oh yeah, I'm I'm picking up fire emblem immediately right yeah like and in a month i'm in i'm in, in i'm interested in asphalt chain and then obviously pokemon uh but uh but like it's i, I picked but i but yeah i paid full price for this mario maker and i'm like yeah would you playing paying full price for fire emblem three houses and that's right Pokemon. that pine it's... game comes out in august yeah damon x machina comes out uh in september yeah um dragon quest doesn't it Yep, Dragon Quest is end of September, uh, and then and then Pokemon in November. And I feel like they had something for October too that I'm not seeing on this list. But uh, yeah, it, it, they just they have a lot of a lot of stuff coming, which is really cool. Um, oh yeah, Link's Awakening comes out at the end of September. Also, oh my god, I'm so excited for that. So oh. they September is like a wild August the. Cause like Astral Chain comes out on August 30th. Damon X Machina comes out on September 13th. Link's Awakening comes out on September 20th. Oh Jesus God. Christ. Nintendo. That's like three. That's like, well, four weeks, but like I want to, I'm going to purchase all of those games on the day that they come out. Just, and then Dragon Quest comes Nintendo out a week after Link's Awakening. Nintendo. Just let me set up a direct deposit for my work. <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're getting my money. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like, Man, Lake's Awakening looks so good. I'm very excited. I'm a it little does. worried about the frame rate on it, but uh, as long as they they tighten that up, I'm I'm yeah. there. The aesthetic is super good. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, but it, Nintendo's kind of been killing it lately. It's it's and it's fun for me as a as a fan of the of my Switch to have just this wide variety of games for it. It's, yeah, uh, 
Maybe I, we'll finally stop people going. There's no games on Switch. <laughs> I think I you could pretty safely say that. Yeah, you I don't know who's been saying that. that. <laughs> people are. I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't oh, know. Marvel like, Ultimate Alliance is coming out uh, next month too. Oh yeah. God, right. Sorry, what was that, Erica? No, just that I, I feel like I still hear people saying that there's no games on Switch. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm like, I've heard it. Well, are just they're, like, just, they're just super wrong, I guess. Like, I'm definitely not saying you haven't heard it, but anyone who said that to me, I would just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm actually next weekend uh, going to be missing the podcast in large part because I'm going to be at a convention and one of the panels I'm doing is a Nintendo switch game panel. And I'm going to, and I'm going to like, listen, there are so many games coming up for this console. Just like, if you haven't bought it yet, just there's so much. This And, and man, cadence of Hyrule is still one of the coolest things. I just, need to play more of it. Cause it's I so good. But I, I'm, I, I mean, it's the coolest thing in terms of what Nintendo let the developers do with the mm-hmm. property. Like, I mean, yeah. we were talking about that, like when it was announced, but still so cool. And I know I, I'm still, I'm still wary because they did a great job with that. I, I'm still like Nintendo be protective be, as a fan of, um, Warhammer, uh, and star Wars. Like I've seen what happens when, companies get a little looser with their IPs and sort of are like, and, and, and put a lot of trust in sort of unfounded developers. But, um, as long as Nintendo can keep making smart choices about who they work with, uh, I'd be cool to see more of that stuff. I would love to see them do that with some of their titles that they seem to have such a hard time. Like, I don't know that I need to see, um, Pokemon, I think is in like a good place. For example, I don't know that I necessarily need more of it from like, weird directions but something like metroid that they seem to can't they it seems like they can't figure out how to make a metroid game internally it would be really cool to see them hand that to a smaller studio that um would be in a position to kind of be innovative and try something new i'm trying to think of what would be my dream crossover in terms of a a nintendo property that isn't really you know isn't in the limelight so much and i'm kind of falling into kind of like a minecrafty kirby game that would be be weird (laughs) it would that would be very (laughs) weird kirby's air ride do (laughs) (laughs) i i am still though i still think that kirby uh um, battle Royale could happen. <laughs> or oh my should. God. That would um, be amazing. Yeah. It, it would be. I, I, well, you mentioned Pokemon. I kind of would like Pokemon to bring some of their spinoffs back. Um, just because Pokemon, Pokemon pinball has, has two. Some... Hmm? Pokemon pinball <laughs> two. Hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with having more pinball games, um, <laughs> but, but like people like people like the, uh, the mystery dungeon series. I got really into uh, Pokemon uh, Ranger back in the day um, for DS, and I don't know how they would transfer it to Switch, but... I I definitely am... That's partly a personal bias, because I got into like, I'm going to try all these Pokemon spinoff games. And I thought all of them were awful. So <laughs> like I could not find a single Pokemon spinoff game other than Pokemon stadium that I enjoyed. I low-key low love Pokemon Ranger. Like, Oh, and it's probably just me. It's, I, it's, but, it's a weird game though, because it's literally, you capture Pokemon by drawing circles around it. 
I know. I I, <laughs> I have played so much of that first. I like. I spent like hundreds of dollars buying like Mystery Dungeon and Ranger and like on used copies of these games. Like not not I, but like ten different games and tried them all and just all of them like returned all of them within a week. <laughs> so Did you like, try Pokemon Coliseum? Yeah, I don't like that game either. Did you try? <laughs> The Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy Color? Uh, well, the Pokemon trading card game is good. I don't remember if I liked that iteration of it, but that was the that probably followed a similar mold to the Yu-Gi-Oh games at the time, which were really fucking good. So yeah, it was if, good. <laughs> yeah, then I would believe that would be good. I'm not saying that I... Pikachu hmm? did that as a bad game. Did you try what? Hey, you Pikachu, which is a genuinely oh, terrible no. game. Oh, yeah. I owned Hey, you Pikachu. It's, all, it's awful. I did, I, I enjoyed it, but I was a child, so yeah. <laughs> I, I just have so many st- strong memories of childhood, Allison, just like yelling, like Pikachu, get carrot, and it's oh. like, Pikachu. Like, so yeah, uh, yeah. It came out at the perfect time for me, where I was like obsessed with the idea of like a slice of like slice of life video games. So the idea of just like walking around with Pikachu without a real goal in mind was really oh, appealing, but yeah, the game is bad. I'm not suggesting that's good. Pop, it's a super appealing concept where you're like running around with Pikachu, having like fun adventures. You're going into the woods, and you're making food, you're going fishing. Like there's so many, it's cute. But then, you, then you're just like yelling at Pikachu to try and uh, smash a pinata. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't quite that existential. <laughs> this is me as like, like a nine year old kid going, like what am i doing with my life it's beautiful i think with how good voice recognition has got you could actually make a pretty good game out of something like that now i bet yeah it's it's i don't know i don't know if you need to really make a hey pikachu comeback but no probably not i but fun fact that's hey you pikachu is one of the reasons i got a deep into RPGs and paper Mario because, uh, one time I was sick and my parents were like, let's, uh, let's, we're going to write you a game from blockbuster, which is like the oldest sentence uh, ever said by human, um, as a, as a treat because you're sick. And I wanted, Hey, you Pikachu, but my backup choice was paper Mario. And then I was like, but then they didn't have Hey, you Pikachu. So I got uh paper Mario and was like, this is a really good game. Which it is. Um, <laughs> Uh, um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I wanted to mention, I just saw this, uh, while we're on the subject of Pokemon and then we can move on was, uh, that, um, Masuda released a statement about the Pokedex thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was just yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't hear it about because people are, people are upset about the Pokedex thing, right? Like you can't have like, that it's just going to have Galar Pokemon. It's not going to have all the old ones, which is like just a perfect example of how people have no fucking idea how making video games work. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Guess what? It's a lot of fucking work to model 800 and animate 800 Pokemon in a new and 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 balance them. (laughs) Yeah. And one of my friends was like, it's fine. They can just take the the models from this other game. And I was like, dog, that is not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could just take the engine out of a Ford fusion and put it in like <laughs> a Toyota Tacoma. Sure. That'll work. Like it, that's not how it works. And like, 
this statement from Masada ends with, we are pouring our hearts into these games and we hope you will look forward to joining us on this new journey as, and I think that's just a great way to say like, cause they, the response was like, we're not doing this thing that you want because it's impossible. <laughs> right? yeah, it's, we cannot do this. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I, I mean, I can personally appreciate wanting to have every Pokemon in there. Like that, that gut feeling, sure. it, but we're also at the point where it, it, we're getting, we're getting to the point where they're going to have to make this decision to do this sooner or later. I mean, what are you getting unsustainably large yeah. numbers of Pokemon? Do you like, want, do you want a world where you get a Pokemon game on 3ds for the rest of your life? that has new Pokemon in it and just has the same visual fidelity of sun and moon. And plenty of people say, yes, I want that. I will tap out. I'll be done with Pokemon and that will be the key. And they will not get new people in if that's I what mean, they want. Honestly, if they built, if they did like another sprite based Pokemon, because they're like, this is what we can do. You fuckers. I'd be like, yeah, okay. But no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that there's like anything like morally or like ethically wrong with doing that. It's just like people, the majority of people want to see the series evolve and grow into something like bigger and exciting and new. And if you, like if they don't take this step and say, we can't do this at launch, we cannot have this, this huge list of like when, in, when the new doom comes out, people aren't like, well, how come it doesn't have every single level of doom ever made? Like it, it, it I understand that it's a precedent that they've set from the way that they've built those games in the past, but like, it's, I just think it's very, and this, I'm not saying this about you at all, Allison, because I understand the frustration people have about wanting to have the Pokemon in it. But the way that you take that out is you say, well, that's disappointing. Well, I'll put them on Pokemon Home, and I hope that in the future they'll maybe add them via patches or something. Right. Um, and to be clear, I'm not particularly... No, I know. Yeah. ...caring about it, but I, I feel like I can see why people sure. might. Because you're just like, yeah, I want every Pokemon in this game. Like, totally. the, the gut feeling of wanting that is is totally understandable but realizing that oh these are these game devs are human and they've got limited resources and it's really like i mean they're a big company for sure but at the same time it's like do you really expect like like "Hmm, we're not going to we're just going to give up everything else just so that we can put all the pokemon in one game like and this is what this is what doing things like fighting crunch w- w- looks like. Like this, right. is how you, this is how you avoid that stuff. And like it's, I just think it's it shows like people who are not the people who are saying, "Hey, I'm kind of disappointed about this." That's you have every right to be disappointed about the thing not being the way you wanted it to be. I totally get it. Um, so I'm not trying to condemn anyone who has that feeling, but the people who are taking it out and saying like, like, for example, the, the I saw the post about the, the world champion. Uh, there's a, the, they had the Pokemon championships a few weeks ago and the, and everyone on the, there was a tweet from the Pokemon company congratulating the new world champion. And all the replies were like, um, no one's going to play this game. No one's going to play sword and shield because of Dexit. Stop Dexit. Stop that. Like this person like was being congratulated by Nintendo and the Pokemon company. And all anyone responded with was like, we hate you now. You're awful. And it's like, fuck off. So so dumb. (laughs) Like (laughs) this is, this game looks incredibly good. Maybe just like say, Oh, it's too bad. They're not going to have all the Pokemon and like 
stow it for a bit. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really frustrating to me to see the way that at, to see how entitled a lot of these people are behaving and how, how much they seem to lack the understanding that these are human beings making these games. Um, yeah. And, and I feel like you can maybe like criticize Nintendo, criticize the Pokemon company. Like Honestly, whatever. I don't, I think that's, you know, something that you can do. But, um, the thing that kind of drives me over the edge personally is when they're like, I've seen people call like this game devs specifically lazy. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I'm like, no. don't bring the people who are working really hard on this game into this. Cause they are working really hard on this game. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, honestly, for me, there's only one situation I can see that would be really good for having every single Pokemon and like having 800, 900 Pokemon. And that's if they finally, uh, drop the bomb and make an MMO. Cause I think for one, one person playing a single player game, that's too many Pokemon in an MMO. That and sounds awesome. I just don't, I, I I've seen arguments from people. And again, I understand, but I've seen arguments from people who are like, well, I've had this Pokemon forever and I want them with me for this journey. And it's like, look, I get it. And I, you have every right to be disappointed, but like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of excusing people. Come on, super dicks to the humans behind the games. Yeah, like you want this Pokemon that this company created to be with you. You wouldn't even have these feelings if it weren't for the games that these people made. Not that the team is this has been the same for the past like 25 years or whatever, but still, it's just it's it's infinitely frustrating to me when people can't like stop and just like accept that there are realities to developing video games that they don't understand. Um, and like you clearly have like never scoped a project before you've never done a budget before you've never like managed a team before. If you think it's as easy as just like, well, just work harder, just make more of them. Just do it. Why can't you like, it's, it's, it's gross to me. And it's kind of given me this, like, I have a weird, like, I hope they don't put all the Pokemon in it now because I have spite for those people. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I'm very excited for And I hope this game comes out and gets like nines and tens from critics just so that <laughs> those people can be upset. <laughs> I, I mean, I just wanted to be good cause I think it looks really good, but yeah, oh, yeah. no, I, I, I agree. And I think that really, if, if we're getting to the point where we're adding so many Pokemon to each game that I feel like this was going to be, this is uh, an inevitable conclusion to we're making new games. Every new mainline series game is going to have a lot of new Pokemon. It, it, it just increases the amount exponentially, especially as we're getting into these uh, more complicated 3d games rather than just having sprites. Um, but the thing that is, is very f- funny uh, and, and I think is, is maybe one of the best things that has come up for uh, the uh, f- come from the um, I- the issues people are having and, and the uh, people whining about this is that some people have said, oh, it would only take uh, five minutes to model each Pokemon. And people are like, who know anything about 3d modeling or like 
no, no. <laughs> but people have tried to model Pokemon in five minutes and it's the yes. results are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They're very, very good. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the, one of the good things that's come from the, from this because it's, yeah. it's kind of hilarious. And what I hope this, the, the, the results is, is that they slowly work through rebuilding the generations. I still think that it makes sense for them to do more. Let's go games as in-betweens between like major mainline series games. And that would give them the opportunity to kind of bring new models into the, like, it's a weird thing to think about like what the long-term plan for Nintendo looks like. Um, Cause that starts getting into like, well, that would mean like 10 years from now, Gen 7 would come out or whatever, uh, mm, or more. Weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I get that that's kind of a weird, it's weird to think of those timelines, but like, I don't get the impression that Nintendo is really like looking to like have some other huge overhaul in visuals anytime in the near future. Like, th- it seems like they're pretty happy with what the switch puts out and people are pretty happy with what the switch puts out as long as the games are like optimized for it. Um, so I don't know. It's a, it's a conundrum, but that game yeah. looks good. Yeah. Mario maker two is real good. Mm-hmm. Exit is about the dumbest name I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's very, very yeah. bad. <laughs> All right. Well, the other thing I had to talk about <laughs> now that we spent, what was that? 45 minutes on Mario Maker, which is good. Yeah. I, I love um, that. We just went on this like long Pokemon tangent. But, you know, I, I, I'm always up for a long Pokemon tangent. Like, I know you are. That's, that's if there's one thing I know about Allison, it's that we can go on Pokemon tangents for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I got one last thing to talk about y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Sorry. If you're listening to the audio of the actual podcast, we started listening to it before we watched it. Um, there's this show that came out a couple of years ago, we'll say <laughs> maybe closer to 20 years ago called Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> and we, we have talked about this show on this very podcast several times. <laughs> it recently came out again for wide, wider viewing on Netflix, which is nice because, oh God, for however many years you can watch it anywhere without it costing you an arm and a leg or pirating it. Uh, so, so it, it being available widely on a fairly mainstream platform is a big deal. And, uh, I figured this would be a good time to watch it again because, uh, the first time I originally watched it was 10 ish years ago. I was like 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. And, uh, as, as you who have you dear podcast listener slash co-hosts <laughs> are aware, I'm not too hot on that show. <laughs> Uh, the show itself is pretty revered in the anime community and generally considered, uh, both one of the best and most influential of all time. Uh, I personally have not held it in the highest of regard. Uh, I would say that, uh, I fucking hated it. (laughs) That's if I were to put it lightly. Um, I don't know, at least actively disliked it. I don't know if hated it. I don't know if it's that strong, but whatever. So yeah, with the Netflix release, I figured this would be a good time to revisit it as as ostensibly an adult and see if my original feelings held up or if they've kind of changed with age. So 
like I thought, well, I don't know, maybe, you know, all these people I like talk about how amazing it is and it, it is revered. It's influenced a lot of stuff I really love. Maybe my dislike for it came down to it being, you know, a maturity thing. Maybe I was too young to appreciate what it was going for with like depictions of mental health and, uh, you know, kind of, it, it touches on some tones that were pretty, pretty new at the time, especially for when it came out early to mid nineties. So I made a point, an explicit point to just watch the show, not think about the movie end of Evangelion or any of the specials, purely just episodes one through 26 that were released on Netflix. I, and also did not watch the now seemingly controversial Netflix dub <laughs> because apparently that has its whole own set of problems. Didn't care. I, I watched the original in Japanese. That's what I watched it again this way. So there's, there's my caveats, well, but you watch with subs, right? Correct. Which, which yeah, were changed. So, yeah. That's, I think it's more the translation than the dub that people have a problem with. That was yeah. what, I, that's what I've gathered anyway. Yeah. But like, uh, I understand enough Japanese that I could follow what they were saying without needing gotcha. to wholly rely on the subs. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, like there's some stuff that obviously changed and whatever, like, uh, we don't have to get into that. Uh, so, I'm going to get somewhat detailed about my feelings, but not going to give any spoilers at all. I know Pat, Alice and Erica and Sam are all watching it. I don't think Andre is. Uh, and we might look at doing a spoiler cast at some point, maybe in a few weeks, maybe never, who knows? So I would save the more detailed feelings until we actually did something like that. But since it's super fresh in my mind and also fresh on Netflix, this seemed like a good time to talk about it. All right. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> the original opinion that I had was that the show had a really strong first half, if not like first two thirds, uh, but that it ruins everything it set up uh, with its last stretch, like that last third, last quarter, whatever. Like I thought, yep, it, it fucks it up real bad at the end. <laughs> so um, I will say now, having watched it again, the first three quarters are pretty great, if not excellent. Um I, I think that part of my opinion has held up. I think uh, the anima animation quality is super high, uh, especially for something that came out of the 90s. The storytelling is good. The characters they build are uh, fairly unique, uh, even if I personally don't really like them. <laughs> like, I think they're nuanced, and I think like the designs and like the kind of tropes they set up have transcended and like you know like so many shows and not not just anime like i think shows in general have like used it as inspiration so that's awesome mm -hmm. uh and i think the stories they tell are cool blah 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 but i think up until episode 21 is where i super enjoyed the show even when i was younger and that wholly held up i still really enjoy it uh and then episode 22 to the end is where i had uh problems with my original viewing 10 years ago so Netflix made some changes to the last five or six episodes, and I'm not talking about the translation. Uh, there were some specials that came out in the years after the show released, like it originally aired, uh, that filled in some backstories for major characters that weren't there in the original episodes. Uh, and they've actually kind of incorporated those into these episodes. So they're, those episodes in particular are like 28 minutes instead of 22 or something like that. Um, and there was definitely scenes there that I didn't remember from my first watch through and they were good. I'm glad they were there because they flesh out those characters a lot more and gives more context and made the arcs feel less 
fucking awful. Um, <laughs> like it, 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 it just felt super rushed in the original, like without those kind of, I don't know if you want to call them edits or inclusions, like it felt really rushed. And it was like trying to explain all these character motivations and stuff to you, just like, like throwing them at you and vomiting them at you and with a giant fire hose. And you're just like, okay, whoa, what <laughs> the pace has been so slow up until now. What? So that being said, I think my opinion now on the last quarter, the last five or six episodes is just as strong now as it was then, if not stronger, (laughs) I think it absolutely fails in its last quarter, like just fails (laughs) enough to like, to overwrite your feelings on the first three quarters of, I think, yes, I think the last quarter ruins the first three quarters and without delving into spoilers, like it mishandles everything that it spends so much time meticulously setting up like all those interesting characters and plot lines. And like, if you think about spinning plates as an analogy, right, they have all these plates that are spinning and they're doing really well with it and keeping them like keeping them moving. Like there's a couple that wobble here and there, but nothing falls. Um, like it's, there's moments that you're like, eh, 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 whatever they kind of, they, they, they stuck the landing ish, but by the last four or five episodes, they bring you into a separate room and then never make mention of the plates again. Like for all intents and purposes, everything they set up, set it aside, doesn't matter. Then it ends and it fails just colossally. The writing gets so bad and it just gets so far up its own ass and so pretentious that it's just eye rollingly bad. Like it's terrible. And the last two episodes, episode 25 and 26 in particular, just awful. (laughs) Like I think those two episodes are why I dislike the show so heavily. Like it does everything so right for so long. And then it just whiffs like Jessica Um, and I watched that. Sorry. I'll, no, no, just one sec. But Cheska and I watched yeah. the show together, uh, just because like she had a similar experience to me. But she liked the show when she was younger. Uh, but she also watched it like ten years ago. Uh, we finished watching it together, and we talked about just those last two episodes for like an hour last night, like, and how it just fails in wrapping things up in a satisfying way. Like, I don't care about the ending being good or bad in terms of how they treat Shinji. Like, it could be the worst possible ending in terms of how. Like it ends for him. That's fine. But they just make the ending so bad in what serves the story. Like it's just so, so disappointing. And I think that's why, like, yeah, my opinion is still like if I was rating it on a 10, like 10 point scale, it would be like an eight up until episode 21. And then I easily bring it down to a two or three by the end. It's the thing that I think is interesting. Then this is why I'm excited to get through it and finish it and see how I feel about it. Um, I suspect I'll probably like it quite a bit because all of the stuff that you're saying about it actually sounds like things I enjoy because I like it when things say, do you know how you've liked all of this? Fuck you. And then like, <laughs> totally blow it up, like upturn everything. I actually find that very satisfying for some reason, but um, more than that, what I'm very excited to, to like see is, um, you you are the only person whose opinion I like and respect both about like media and like who I think is like a, like really great person 
who I admire a lot, who has this opinion. Everyone else that I've ever heard with this opinion is a fucking asshole. <laughs> They're like the like death threats, shitty, like sending letters to to Hideki Ano's house and stuff. Like, the, so it's interesting to me that like I always kind of assumed that like the like I hate Eva thing was more of a like sort of a similar thing to like the, the hating the last Jedi thing where it's like, okay, so something must happen near the end. That is that just like upset a bunch of like kind of shittier nerds. But the fact that you feel this way tells me that that's not the, that can't be it because I, you, you're not that kind of person. So I'm so interested to see the ending of it to understand like where those feelings come from. I'm not even like, primed to agree or disagree with you because I, I don't remember anything. Like, I think I watched it until around episode 15 when I was younger and then fell off. I've talked about it with, with you all privately, but like when I was in high school and I watched it, I was under the impression, I think that it was like one of those shows that has hundreds of episodes because all the anime I had watched was like that. It was like the only, only one that I had seen that wasn't like that was standalone complex. And um, that one was one that I lamented the lack of more episodes at the time. Cause I love one of the few people who love standalone complex, but, uh, the, so I didn't, I didn't keep watching it cause I was like, well, this is good, but, uh, like I'm never going to be able to keep up with it and finish it. Um, and, uh, so I also don't remember, didn't remember anything about other than like what Eva one looks like. I didn't remember anything about the show. So I'm enjoying it. My partner and I are seven episodes in, but this is still the part that you say is really good. So I don't have any, I certainly have no, like, um, if it continues in the quality that it's at, then that's great. And if there is a point where everything goes fucking sideways, that's something that I will probably enjoy. <laughs> um, cause I'm not very concerned with like, narrative congruity, I guess. Like I've never been <laughs> one who cares. Like I, I love when stuff gets weird and so, goes so all you over love, the place. You loved mother. I actually didn't see mother. Uh, <laughs> I probably should. Movie. Uh, yeah. We, we definitely talked about that. Allison. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a lot of interest in seeing it because of the, the themes. They're just not yeah, really, it, that's it's, 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 it seems traumatic in a way that I'm just not really interested in engaging with. But, uh, um, and I, to be clear, I enjoy when things do that, but I don't think that things do it well always. So I'm not saying that like, if it's bad and I want to make sure that like subjectivity is important. So like there is a world in which we can both be right. There's a world in which I can come away really liking it and you come away really hating it and we can both be right. But, um, if it's bad in a way that I find bad, then I won't like it. Like that there's plenty of media that has done that thing where it's created something really weird and subversive and I have not liked it too. So just because it's like that, it just makes me more interested to see it. It's not that it, that I assume I'll like it. Yeah. And I think it is worth seeing. Like I should say, I respect Evangelion because it sure, has been yeah. so extremely influential for shows that I really love. Like, oh, and it, it, like even Gurren Logan, which is made by the same team, I love like a zillion times more because I think sure. it actually like Gurren Logan actually uh, ends up hitting a lot of similar themes, and it's also a mecha anime, and I think it 
does significantly better than Eva, but it's more comedy. Um, you know, and other shows like uh, Madoka Magica, like that one's a huge one that's directly influenced by Eva. Like I kind of I, view it as Eva's the Beatles for me, and I'm not a huge Beatles fan, though I wouldn't say I sure. actively hate them or anything. Sure, uh, sure, sure. And then like everything else is stuff that's influenced by the Beatles. I definitely think if this show came out today um, and we were watching it for the like as a new show, I would be much less impressed by it because so much of what it does feels like, obviously since it influenced so much, like, like I obviously having not remembered any of it, I was like, Oh, so attack on Titan really is just this show, but (laughs) like new. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh, yeah, it's inspired a ton of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but we'll maybe talk more about that. I'm still kind of wary about doing a, a spoiler cast just because it seems like every single podcast on the internet is doing a spoiler cast. But um, yeah. at the same time, if we have thoughts in a few weeks, I also like talking to everyone about those if, thoughts. So if not, if not a spoiler cast, at least we can put up a, a warning marker and be like, Hey, we're going to talk explicitly yeah, about stuff. Make sure like it's a week at Sam on and whoever else has watched it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be interested in your guys' feelings once you finish it, even if it's just in yeah. the chat. So I will, I will say that, um, uh, very briefly before we move on and I don't want to take this down a rabbit hole, but I do think that the show is doing very interesting things with fan service and the way that it, portrays uh it's women in a sense that i think it like has so far dropped the ball intensely in some places and been very very good in other places um i think it's like got a lot of really smart things to say about um boyhood masculinity and like how um young men view women um like <laughs> sorry they, i don't mean to interrupt when he said young men all i could think was ymca just young men <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, but, uh anyway like there's some very interesting things there and then there's also parts that are just like fucking come on yeah <laughs> so that, that has been interesting to me to watch because that's been that's one of my primary stumbling blocks for getting into anime in general is i feel like every single anime i watch it's like I get, and even ones that people don't think this is an issue and I'm best definitely touchy about it. I get like 10 episodes in and then like there's a boob shot where I'm like, all right, I'm done. Fuck you. This is clearly, <laughs> this is the direction we're going. I don't have any fucking interest. Uh, and, and I think Eva's kind of seesawed a little bit in a way that I actually find very interesting. And I don't know if I think it handles it definitely doesn't handle everything well, but it handles certain things so much better than other shows that I've seen that I think it's, it's interesting. I think yeah. it's kind of weird sometimes with like, I mean, obviously I'm not very far into it, but it, at least from like the first two episodes or so, like it feels pervy, but then it's not like, it feels like it with intent. Like it feels like it's trying to show, like it gives you an angle on like Misato and then it uses that angle to be like, well, you're supposed to be turned on by this, but Shinji isn't. And that's, what's interesting is the ways that it, those are the parts I think it does fairly well is like, it is doing more service as a concept is like something that doesn't advance. It doesn't do any storytelling. It's not, it's only there to like titillate. And in this case, I think it uses that concept to actually say something about the characters, which I find fascinating. And I like that. Um, there's some stuff we'll get into later on when we talk about it though, that even in the first seven episodes where I was watching it, like 
are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah. And were it not for uh, some of those interesting establishing things that it does with the concept, like if those hadn't happened and this scene that I'm thinking of has happened, had happened, I would have been like, this is not for me, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I think I'd be interested in hearing your feelings spe- specifically on Mizato by the ending. Cause sure. uh, yeah. her arc goes in interesting places. I think, Mizato is probably the best character in that show. He's uh, my favorite so far. End. Yeah, I, sure. I think she holds up straight most of the end. Well, and like, what's funny is Erica. I, I, she was my least favorite character in the first two episodes. First two episodes, I was like, oh, I hate this person. But now <laughs> by episode seven, uh, she is like far and away my favorite. Uh, yeah. Um, but the thing I was interested in, in was talking about fan service and all that kind of stuff. And there's actually a talk with Andre. I'd be interested in your feelings on kill a kill, even though I know it would be a hard watch for you for the yeah, first I don't half. Know if I can do it, but we'll see. So if I can spoil it a little bit, uh, kill a kill ends up subverting the whole fan service culture as a part of its main story by the end. Like it's so, actually like, it's actually its whole story is a critique on that culture as a whole. And it uses like the fan servicey elements as a way to kind of like exaggerate it and then pull you in and then say, yeah, fuck all these people, which on the one hand, I think sounds really cool. On the other hand, the thing I can't get away from, like, cause I saw that you and Andre talking about that and I have some respect for that. But on the other hand, it's also like, yeah, but if you create 20 episodes of Jack off material and then in, on episode 21 say, ha ha gotcha. It's like, I don't know that I think that's like, <laughs> I'm it's definitely not, like it's not <laughs> quite like that, but yeah, it's. Yeah, no, I, I, know I think it's. it's I, I think it's really it. good. I feel That's like it's something where. Feeling, though. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's something where the execution would have to be perfect to make to pull that off, and I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on like how the execution was. But I feel like it's 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 a very fine line of oh, we're just going to excuse the fact that we put up put all this fan service in there. Um, versus actually telling something interesting. And I, again, I haven't seen it, so it, I have it, no idea. It, it, sh- it should be noted that um, it's made by the same people who made Evangelion. So Interesting. I definitely so, trust your opinion that it does do right by the end, too, to be clear. Like, there's no... I, I uh, there's no doubt in my mind that it probably plays with those themes in very interesting ways. I just... Some of the... I haven't watched the series at all, but I've seen, like, stills and visuals from it, and it's like... <laughs> To the point where, like, I just, uh, I don't, like, if if Dead or Alive, like, by the end of the game said something about physics that was, like, profound <laughs> and had to do with quantum mechanics, it wouldn't justify the fact that, like, yo, that game was made so that you can fight with kids whose boobs jiggle a lot. <laughs> yep, I would agree with that completely. But what this truly says about quantum mechanics is... <laughs> but, but that said, I'm still interested to know, so even if I can't, like, find it in me to watch through it, I do plan, I do want to, like... Like, I don't know if you and Andre end up talking about it or something. I'm interested in that, hearing that conversation because I still find the concept very interesting as like a central thing that has made it harder for me to get into anime in general. Um, that's a, that's something that I, I am definitely really interested in. And obviously I know there's plenty of, there's, I want to be careful too, because, um, Western media is like so much of it is wholly based around selling sex in the, and objectifying women in the same way. So I don't like the con the, 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 the way that some people like take this out on anime 
specifically, I truly think that like, we're just very desensitized to it in Western media. So we don't see it as much in the media that we consume. And it's as much a problem here as it is in like Japanese storytelling. Um, so I want to be careful of not seem like I'm just bashing anime. Cause I don't think that's fair or right. I, I think that there is, there is, I mean, that is a big part of why I haven't been as into anime as I used to be mostly because I would, I'd be watching something that's like billed as like, wholesome and comedic and then suddenly you'd see some panty shots and you're like why are you putting this in there yeah there's a there's the show about the the game the slice of life show about the like game developers the game developer that's all like women and at first i really liked that show and then it very like out of nowhere went in that direction and it was just like that was the last one i I, like newer anime that i really tried and then was disappointed by because it just did the same thing y'all should watch uh, laid back camp. <laughs> that oh, has, yeah. that there's, has there's no fan service and it is just yeah. a warm, hot chocolate on a cold day. Yeah. And, and I should, yeah. Cause there's, there's tons of anime <laughs> like that too. So that's part of also why I don't want to like condemn the genre or like the, the medium because there's plenty there. That's kind of my point is like, you can find tons of comic Western comic books that have shitty portrayals of women in them. And then there's also hundreds of them that are great. So like the, 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 that's true of, of like virtually every medium that exists. So it just so happens that because anime is such a specific thing stylistically that it, it seems more, um, prevalent there, I think to a lot of people when really it's something we're inundated with in our media across all kinds of different types and genres and stuff. Um, yeah, but, but regardless, anyway. uh, Evangelion, not into it. I'm interested <laughs> in your guys' opinions. Watch Laid Back Camp in a place further than the universe yeah. instead. Okay, right. I was, that's I was all, that's say, all like, for me. Pat, watch a place further than the universe. I love like that was a that was a wreck from Alex, and I I love that show so much. It's so good. yeah. I'm not as it's I'm excellent. usually not as into slice of life stuff, but I do Same. really like Yuri on Ice. So it gets, know. but it gets like super emotional yeah and you're just oh like my god power of friendship and i'm like crying at the end and they're in antarctica and i'm like do i want to go to antarctica which the answer is no but like <laughs> oh my answer is totally yes did i ever tell you all i applied for a job to be a janitor at an, at an antarctic research station That's so cool the job yeah. paid one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year because wow. it's a janitor at a fucking arctic antarctic research station it was like a three-year contract. So you had to live there for three years. But I was like, I was getting out of college and I was like, I could totally just go down there, be a janitor for three years and then make bank. Cause you don't have to spend any money while you live there either. Cause everything's like paid expenses are all paid and stuff. Um, anyway, long story short, didn't get the job. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had, that would have been fucking rad. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but yeah, place for the universe is, is beautiful. And I'll, I'll, yeah, the, my last comment on that. The email scene is still one that I think about. It's so fucking good. Oh, Anyways, God. let's let's continue. Oh my <laughs> yes. God. Anyways, Dude, continuing from our anime chat. Coming soon. Not necessarily coming soon. <laughs> Emotional over over anime girls. Um next, let's go to Erica. That's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> good seg good sedge. Um, okay. So on a I, I don't I Speaking of fan service, um, <laughs> 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 <Yes> world. Um, 
it, I, it sounds like BTS World does some real narrative heavy lifting that gives you more story and insight on <laughs> those good boys. It's something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was the so. best transition. Well done. BTS <laughs> <laughs> World. Okay, so I'll say I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it is. <laughs> it's not wonderful it's all right downloading now it's not what was that i'm sorry oh hyped up for this game it's not as terrible as he thought yeah it's like i was expecting it to kind of be a lot cringier than it is it's definitely cringy like it there are parts of it where i'm just like oh god really like but like it's it's one of those things where if you don't care about BTS, please don't, please don't play this game. Okay. But if you super Done. love BTS, <laughs> like it's cute and it's, 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 it's fine. <laughs> like if you're, <laughs> you know, a middle schooler, I guess. This, <laughs> this, this would be the perfect game. It sounds like just from the title of your own podcast, tempered expectations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But all right. So basically the, the premise is that you uh, start out by winning tickets to a BTS concert through an app. And uh, then all of a sudden on your BTS concert ticket, like, and on different advertisements for BTS stuff, the members just start like turning into dust, like Avengers, like infinity war style. <laughs> So, uh-huh. like, so it's weird and then you get transported into 2012 which is one year before bts's debut <laughs> and you wake up with like you don't know i mean you have recollection of what happened but like you're like what what the fuck right so like you're, you're like where's bts why is my concert ticket have no pictures anymore like and you have like you go to like RM who is the, the, the leader slash, you know, one of the main rappers of the group. Um, and you go to like his, uh, solo show. Cause he's like an underground rapper, I guess, <laughs> like, which is how he started. I'm not going to say it like, like there's some like true to life ish elements. Like there are some, some bits like like they used his old rapper name in the the thing and like they they used jay hope's like street dancing name back when he was doing that and like (laughs) there's there's some elements that are true (laughs) but like you you end up going up to rm and you're just like hey can i have your autograph and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he's like, why? <laughs> and like, you go rummaging in your bag, I guess, to find a piece of paper and a pen. And you accidentally pull out a contract because you work for Big Hit as a manager. <laughs> but you didn't know all of this. <laughs> My contract slipped. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait a minute. I signed this like, you know, yesterday. Are we still good? And he, you're just like, oh, what? No, we're not. <laughs> you know? You're being dropped. Like, you just like, 
And not only that, but like, I would super not trust manager me in this like scenario because I have no idea what's going on. And anytime any of the members asks me a question, I'm, I'm just like, uh, uh, what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and, and a lot of it is also a little weirdly flirty, which I guess is what you should expect from from this that feels weird in a game about real people though right 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 i don't like that so uh, it's like okay like when you when you meet sugar for the first time (laughs) um you like accidentally I don't know he drops like a flower pot or whatever. And I guess you save him and you've like knocked him out of the way, but then you're bleeding and he like touches your arm and you can feel his warmth. And it's just like, <laughs> it's a little yucky. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, I don't know. Like, I feel like BTS already has like too much of that with their fans. And this is just like, this is fan service. Encourage the fans who are like, yes, of course this is totally something that we should do yeah so i don't know like it's the story i don't know i'm gonna keep playing it i kind of want to see like where it's gonna go but um which i guess says something about me also <laughs> but, like yeah, that I'm gonna I mean, keep playing this um but i don't know like it's it's fan servicey. Also, the the visuals are nice. Like if you're it, like, I'm not, I'm not blind, right? So like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say like. <laughs> I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with uh, appreciating the visuals. It's more creepy. Yeah, don't <laughs> characters are flirting it. with you. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. You gotta like you you level up like their affinity towards you and stuff, which is a little strange. It's a little you know, strange. a good time to bring up that AKB48 had multiple dating sims, which was a little bit creepy. So, and I guess like to <laughs> clarify, like if 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 someone if someone wanted to make like I don't know if someone. I wouldn't really be comfortable with it, but I don't think there's anything wrong with if you, if someone is genuinely like, Hey, I don't mind being a character in a dating sim. I think that'd be fun for people to be able to like flirt with me with digital me. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't really have confidence in the K-pop industry that all of them were totally on board with this or even consulted <laughs> about it. I, they were definitely at least somewhat consulted. Cause there's a lot of voice acting done by them. Like there's shots, mates, sure for this so i think they knew what they were getting into but whether or not they had a choice in the matter exactly yeah yeah that's the thing i wonder about it's like is i don't know that i trust that they wanted to be involved especially given some of the footage i've seen of them being accosted by people yeah they look very not into it and (laughs) not on board uh yeah yeah i don't know but i don't know as far as the game goes like it's a it's a free-to-play game um, it's not, at least so far, I'm not, I'm not extremely far into it. I'm still in the first chapter, but I'm like, almost done with like all the levels of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's about 20 levels in the first chapter, but the, also they're not full levels. Like some of them are like, you know, long narrative things. Like I'm interacting with a member, I'm trying to get him to sign whatever. And then there's also like, like 
tasks where you like put in your cards and then like if you have enough like empathy and like, charisma or whatever like you, you can like you'll what? succeed in explaining to jay hope about his trainee schedule <laughs> like you know so it's just huh. it, there's the, both of those parts and each of those tasks requires like currency which is which in this case are wings um and i think you can they, they recharge like you get one every six minutes but you can also like if you have friends they can send you stuff um i haven't messed around with that yet but i will uh, <laughs> but it's the it seems like the free-to-play things are not especially egregious like I, you can spend money in this thing but as far as i have seen it doesn't look like you have to or you need to in order to have I was going to say have a good experience, but you know, to uh, play you, this game fully <laughs> at any point, do you have to leave them? Um, like in a, in a, in a tangle of vines being pulled <laughs> apart for hours while you wait for your energy to recharge. Get strangled <laughs> for two hours until your energy recharges. Not yet. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated. <laughs> like I, and, and the other thing too, is just like, it's, a little weirdly paced. Like when I was getting on the podcast, I had already been talking to Jimin on a phone call, like for a while. And I was just like, Oh, I need a minute. I gotta like finish this. <laughs> and it took like way too long. And then as soon as we hung up, he immediately texted me. And then I had to like respond to that too. And so <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. I kind of want to see where the story ends up. I want to see how also how creepy it gets. Cause I'm <laughs> no, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what they're, what they're going to let fans do here. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is what it is like. It, and like, if you care a lot about like, I guess the visual side of BTS, like they have, five star photo cards in and you can use like those cards those cards have better stats but they also like animate and you can download them so they're high quality on your phone and it's just like it's it's something that i'm sure somebody really cares about but it's not me i'm not the one you know <laughs> but it's it's cute it's okay i want to see where it goes cool don't download this game. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you super, super care about BTS. <laughs> but they they also released like a, a new song with it. Um, and I was wondering like how long they've been sitting on this song too, because this game was supposed to come out like last year and then it got delayed by like a year and then it got delayed by like a couple of months and then it got delayed by like a few weeks and then like by like an hour. <laughs> it was just like a lot. Just They just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. So I don't know how, how long ago this song was even recorded, but they released it when they released the game and the song's actually really good. I like it a lot. Um, I tend to like BTS's ballads and this is one of those so and once it's telling me that once i get to uh chapter 1-14 then it will play in my lobby <laughs> instead <laughs> so that's my next one so <laughs> i'm hoping to get there now <laughs> Sounds good. Very good. I can't say I'll download it, but it's don't download it, Allison. Please. <laughs> I, 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 
I look forward to hearing about the creepiest parts in our game of the year best moment discussions. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I am not interested. We should have a worst moment category. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to download it, but I want to hear all about it from. Totally, you. Yes. I like, will absolutely give us updates because as of so. now, I have signed all seven of the members as big hit trainees. Um, and last I last I was doing, I was talking to Jimin very upset because he's overtraining, which is also true to life, but <laughs> it's this, like, I don't know. So this remind this makes total sense to me. Cause you like professional wrestling and this has I some, do. this has a certain amount of professional wrestling to it with what you're yes. describing. <laughs> and like, okay. So like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <I> feel like, <laughs> It's kind of a thing like I'm in K-pop. I think they're, they're more of like concepts than gimmicks, but yeah, like everybody kind of has like, like, okay. You know, when you, when you're talking about Jin, that Jin kind of has like an ego about him. He knows he's very good looking and just like, not in, in like a fun way, not like in a, this dude's a huge douche kind of no, way. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it's cute. It's thing. funny. Um, and like, and sugar is kind of like a little standoffish at first and like whatever. And that Jimin is like, a little insecure and like and jay hopes the happy one <laughs> it's just whatever so it's definitely like uh, some of the criticisms i saw of the game is that it plays like really hard into that but like what do you expect like i don't know like that's what it is like that's what you're gonna get yeah and i feel like if they didn't play it like play that up people would be like well, they're they're like, why are we playing with the these characters anyways? Or like, why yeah. are we? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. You so. kind of need to play up their persona too. Yeah, so I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with that part anyway. I'm also like. I saw some criticisms that like some of the, I watched one video this morning of like somebody who really did not like the game, um, on YouTube. And she was like, upset about weird stuff like like she was like really upset about how they romanized their names that like it was not like the way you normally see it but like i've seen it romanized that way in you know official bts stuff like the the documentary movie that last year or was that last year or that this year i don't know whatever <laughs> their documentary movie or whatever it was romanized the same way like it's not like it's fine it's fine. You know who they're talking about. It's going to be okay. If they say Yoon Ki instead of Yoon Gi, it's going to be all right. Like, <laughs> so, um, but, and then she was also, I think a, a little bit more affected by the cringe, but I think if you have any kind of tolerance for reading, not great fan fiction, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's, it's that, <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should play this because it's like my entire life has been leading up to this moment, <laughs> building up that tolerance of bad fan fiction. Like it's and, definitely and like it's a, it's a your name simulator. Honestly, like it's like it really is. Like it's just it's. I'm I'm curious to see how far they're gonna go with it in terms of like, are you gonna start dating the members? Are you like? Are you, do you have to pick a member to really focus your flirtations on, or are you just equally flirty with everybody? <laughs> but maybe like, you'll be a member. Uh, maybe. <laughs> like, 
I doubt it. There's not a lot of like co-ed groups. And that that's also yeah. like another criticism I saw is that you can, there's only one character to play as, and she's a woman. And some people are not very excited that they have to play as a woman, I guess, but you know, whatever. I'm a woman, so I didn't find a issue with it. <laughs> but I can see how I can see how you could be disappointed by that. Sure. So BTS World, I'll give you an update. I I will look forward to those updates because I, I always <laughs> want to know what this game is, even though I don't want to really don't want to play it. Yeah, don't play this game, Allison. <laughs> I feel like you're at you're at the highest risk of downloading this game I am. on here. I am. No, I am. Do it to yourself, please. Like I, I'm not like a like a serious BTS fan, but I'm like I, I'm casually into them now, and yeah, I don't think I need to download it. But yeah. I want I want to hear from you. Yeah. So far, I've found J Hope the most charming. <laughs> I mean, he's my fave. So, like, <laughs> he's like not my favorite, and I, like, I mean, I, I really, I really, truly love all of them. Like, I really can't say that I that I hate any of them, but I consider him lower on my list if I had to rank them. I guess, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Like, this is like bias wrecking me on him a little bit. I don't know. We go see. <laughs> this is gonna like change everything for you. <laughs> so i don't know and actually jimin has been my least favorite so far and he's my bias in bts but it's like a lot of me just like being like hey jimin maybe don't kill yourself by like working like training like all night long instead of sleeping and then he's like nah i'm gonna do it anyway i'm like all right fine then i guess but like my character just wants to keep begging him not to and i'm just like just let him do it fuck (laughs) (laughs) there's not a lot of dialogue choices (laughs) all right uh pat we've we talked a bit about um mario maker but what else do you have to bring today all right so i know that everyone is excited about the hot tentacle action oh god found (laughs) in the city the new game from Frogwicks. No, there's no weird sex stuff so far. Uh, yeah. So far. Yeah. Well, that's a complicated subject. Yeah. There's no, there yeah. is no real explicit. That's not true either. <laughs> it, Lovecraft's work is not particularly um, sexual. There are uh, elements of um, some of his pre his nihilistic misogyny present in his work, but it's not done in the sense of like sexualizing anyone in the same way. Um, anyway, I don't want to say there's none of that because I can't remember the, the, all of his works. There may be something in there that I'm forgetting. Uh, anyway, the singing city is uh, a new game from Frogwares interactive or frog. I always say Frogwares interactive, but I think they're called Frogwares game development studio, but makers of the, um, longstanding Sherlock Holmes series of video games, um, which have always been nothing, if not consistent, they're not like, mind-blowing adventure games, but they've always been solid um, and generally well-made. Sinking City is kind of feels like the culmination of all the stuff they've been working on for that franchise, um, trying to take it and then taking it into a new direction. Um, 
it is, uh, and it's a really fascinating thing. Um, I've played a lot of Lovecraft inspired video games. Um, it should go without saying at this point that like Lovecraft himself was a horrible, virulent, racist, bigot, awful human being. Um, and his worldview extends to his themes. Um, for me, it has always been a, his work is exemplary of a really, um, nihilistic and, um, misanthropic worldview that includes horrible bigotry to specific groups of people. Um, part of the reason that I have in, have always been able to enjoy his writing is because of not separating that from it, but more viewing what he viewing, like understanding his worldview as being this horrible wrong thing. And then seeing how that, is portrayed in his writing is important. Um, but then also I think his writing is generally very good horror, even if those themes are very, are shitty. Um, and I actually also think that those themes are not as, uh, when you actually read his work, they're, they're often on the margins. It's often things like a character will make an offhand remark or something. So it's less that the, that the central theme, some of his stories is it is the central theme is in, like like shadow over Innsmouth, for example, is, is definitely directly, um, putting his bigotry on display. But, um, what is interesting about a lot of works, video games in particular that attempt to use his tropes and concepts are that they tend to whitewash those elements. Um, like for example, the game that came out last year called Cthulhu based on the Chaosium pen and paper RPG, which is not a very good game. Um, the pen and paper game is great. The, the, uh, the video game was not very good. Um, it didn't touch on any of that stuff. Like it just didn't even think it didn't even consider any of those things. There was no, like the characters are all pretty much just like white people. And there are no, there's not really any racism present in what the, in the game's text or subtext really. It's just trying to tell a story about like alien God monsters, um, which is fine. I think it's important to, if you're directly working with his themes, you really do need to acknowledge though, what the awful stuff in there is. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that has been kind of inspired by his aesthetic that I don't know that I'm one of those, that I'm the type of person that thinks that you can't use his aesthetics and some of his concepts without referring to, the source material. I think it's fine to have like squid monsters in your work and have it not need to be a commentary on race. Uh, but, um, one thing that the sinking city does very interestingly is it is attempting to kind of look at those concepts and like put a spotlight on them. Uh, and I think it handles some of that in interesting ways. Like, that I'm not that far into it, but it very clearly indicates that like there is conflict between um, the different factions in the city based on their heritage and race. Um, like you have fish people, you have these like kind of more ape like people, which the ape like people are not caricatures. They're actually not what you would. When I first heard that, like, there's these eight people, I was like, I don't know about this, but mm-hmm. it, it's they're 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 designed to represent um, aristocracy, not a particular ethnic like real ethnic group at all. Um, 
And uh, what I think is interesting so far is I haven't really seen the game in the lead up made a lot of points to say that it's portraying a like socially realistic 1920s America where like the real racism that was present in this country and the world is on display. I haven't really seen that so much. There's a lot of people of color in the game as characters just around. And I haven't really seen any racism directed towards them from anyone, but um, that maybe just hasn't surfaced yet. I don't know. Uh, it also may have to do with the setting of the game, which is um, one of the things that I think is really interesting. So instead of the game makes lots of references to real parts of Lovecraft's lore, but it is set in a place called Oakmont, Massachusetts, which is a totally entirely made up location for this game. Um, and it is called the sinking city because the city is flooding. Um, and it's like half underwater. So you're kind of navigating the city using a boat at times. And then at times you're like running around and it, it is largely like an open world, um, which is pretty cool. It feels they apparently the frogwares looked to the, the, way that Assassin's Creed that Ubisoft developed Assassin's Creed to try to build the city in that, um, Assassin's Creed was developed with some, um, a mix of procedural and hand crafted city blocks and stuff. Um, so, uh, I don't know which games in the series they're really referring to, but it does kind of have, it's a, it's a huge city in the sinking city. Some of it is a little like there's times and you'll see the same storefront over a couple of different places, but generally it's pretty impressive that the scale that like they were able to build, uh, the city and the switching between like being in a boat and running around on land is pretty cool. Um, and I think that the thing that really has me interested in it beyond some of that story stuff is the way that the game is structured, which is that, um, instead of giving you quests and saying, go do this, go do this. It has, uh, you have this case book and you'll have leads. So like, um, you may have your case, maybe figure out what happened on this ship this that went on this expedition. Um, and then in, that case you'll have a lead that's like, well, we know that the expedition's office was at the corner of these two streets. So then you open up your map and you have an icon for that lead and you find those two streets. You, you put the icon there yourself and then you travel there and um, like through the open world and go into that office and then start looking around. And then when you're in these investigative spaces, you're doing kind of a mix of like um, just like, pixel hunting kind of, um, the game's pretty good about not, it doesn't just like highlight everything you can interact with, but it also does help when you get kind of close to it, a little icon will pop up that you can interact, but like you do kind of have to see across the room, like, Oh, I see an open book on that desk. I should go look at that. It's not like it gives you an icon for every little thing you can click on. Um, and it does tell you once you've collected all of the evidence in a location. So it's nice. Cause you can kind of like, you're never like, um, you always know if you finished an area, but it also doesn't hold your hand in finding every little thing. Uh, and there's other things like you have a magical site thing. Cause you have the reason you were drawn to Oakwan, Massachusetts is you've been having like visions and nightmares. And so you have like the ability to like see stuff that happened in the room. Um, and then, you know, you might find out that like from investigating there that the name of the ship you might find the name of the ship and some other records and you can take that to like name of the ship and like, Oh, they were advertising uh, that they offer these services to people that need 
like that you can charter the ship. So then you can go to the newspaper outlet and look for like, uh, advertisements about, um, charter ships at this, during this time frame, and then it'll pull up evidence for you from there. So it really does make you feel like you're kind of a, a private investigator. Cause you have to figure out like, Oh, this is referencing a crime. I should go to the police station and check out their archives. Oh, this person was injured. I better go to the hospital. Cause that's where they would have gone. Um, and that part of it is really, really cool. Uh, the less successful stuff is it has like some kind of eh combat in it. Um, I actually last night playing had a lot more fun with the combat than when I was playing it the other day. Uh, but there are monsters. They're pretty gross and scary and you have to shoot at them with guns and it feels kind of thin. There's it's not very, not a lot of feedback. Uh, there's a really weird skill mechanic where, or like skill tree where you're getting experience points and then putting skills in it. Stuff like you put, there'll be like four abilities in a tree. And one of them will be like, you have an extra bullet in your gun, which is like not very impactful. Damn. <laughs> It'll be things like wow. gain 10% more health. It's just like, none of this matters. You didn't have to put the, this, this doesn't really do anything. Um, I also really enjoy that as you get clues, you put them together in a menu screen that's called the mind palace, <laughs> which is a very good name for a thing. Uh, it, it, but anyway, like it's, it's, I think it's a really interesting, I think I'm going to end up really, really clicking with it more and more as I play it because I'm really liking the stuff that is doing early on. I also think it's something that you have to have a pretty specific interest in both the thematic stuff that's happening with like sea monsters and weird racial tension. Um, I'll say that, uh, vice Matt Galt for vice gave it a pretty positive review from the perspective of its story and, um, and writing. So that's encouraging to me that it doesn't totally drop the ball on some of the, the race stuff. Cause that is something that I would think vice would be pretty hard on it for if it, if it was doing things that are not cool there. Um, but, uh, but it, it, it's, it's also janky in a lot of ways. Like when you get in your boat, there's no animation for it. You like walk up to the boat and click your mouse, the left mouse button, which is the interact button. And then you're just in the boat. Like it just like, <laughs> there, there's like no animation for you getting in it. <laughs> so there's a lot of like kind of weird little stuff like that. I really like the voice acting. The main character's voice is like very cheesy. Um, in a, in the sense, not even in a, like a, just in, in like a, like I need to understand where to go next. And you're going to tell me like very twenties noir private detective kind of thing that I think fits really well, but it's not going to click with everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I recommend it if you, um, have any kind of like, if, if you really like the idea of like a detective game, it's as good a detective game as I've seen. Um, and it makes me think when I finish it, I should probably try the last Sherlock Holmes game that they did because it, I think it pulls a lot of mechanics from that one. Uh, but I also played, um, the other thing that I, <laughs> I played some other stuff this week, but the thing that I wanted to tell, like kind of talk about a little bit is a buddy and I played some grand theft auto online last night. Hell yeah, you did. Yeah. Which is a super weird thing. And I feel like people know it's a super weird thing, but what I wanted to air was or like talk about was that game 
is so hard to play with people, you know, <laughs> I don't know, Alex, if you've tried to play it with other people, yeah, like with friends, it's like, so you can join a friend's session like my buddy. Cause I've played probably five or six hours of GTA online by myself. Um, so my friend, I was like, we were talking about like, what should we should play some games this weekend? And um, looking through the Steam sale, and I was like, "Well, I think I'm going to get Deep Rock Galactic because that's finally on sale," um, which I did, and I'm excited to try that. And then I was like, "Also, GTA Five is like 15 bucks. It's pretty fun to play online. You don't have to play the story to play online. Uh, I recommend it at that price as like a fun thing to 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 play this weekend for a few hours." And so my buddy bought it, and so like I joined his session. When you're in the session, though, there's no way to like make a party. You're just kind of like you're in the same world and you can highlight your friend so you can find them, but you can't like party up. You could still like kill each other and stuff. Cause you're just like two players playing in the same session. Um, on PC. Now the sessions seem like they're around 20 people, but sometimes they will be less. Sometimes they will be around that number. Uh, and then when you go to do, so I have my matchmaking set to closed, but even if you set your matchmaking to closed, there's a split second when people can still join your missions when you start them. So like we kept trying to do a mission and every time I would try to start it, it would immediately fill up with people. So, and he couldn't be in it cause we're not like in a party. So we didn't join together. And so I had, we spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get in a mission together. We finally managed to get in a level together. The two people that we match made with had no fucking idea what the level was. We had to like fly a helicopter around and steal cars but the person that jumped in the pilot seat of the helicopter, like didn't understand that they needed to operate the controls of the helicopter. <laughs> it also didn't really make any sense as to why this was a multiplayer mission because like you fly helicopter to car, pick up car, fly it back to the place where you drop it off and then drop it off. So like one person's flying the helicopter and the other three people are just like sitting in the helicopter, not doing anything, which was didn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, we failed because the pilot crashed and died. And so we spent like 20 minutes on trying to do that mission and failed. And I could feel my friend being like, I'm going to refund this. I'm going to refund this. I'm gonna refund <laughs> and then finally we found out that you can do a private session. If you quit out of the online and go into the single player and then go back into the online, you can set a private session where it's just you and your friends. Doesn't solve the matchmaking problem. You have to select jobs that are not currently available jobs on the map because those are the popular ones. So you have to pick the unpopular ones and then um, invite your friend into the unpopular, like into the jobs like lobby, they join, and then you can match make in people with similar skill levels and stuff like a wide range of different like types of people. And that just sends them a notification that says like, someone somewhere is doing this job. Do you want to do it? <laughs> and so then they have to go into their in-game phone and select whether or not they want to join the mission. <laughs> and then finally you can launch it. And then still, if you fail, one person can quit out and then the mission ends. <laughs> it's just like the weirdest. <laughs> it's so on the one hand, it's super fun when it works. Like we had a blast with the like five or six missions that we finally figured out like a streamlined way to play it. But man, for being one of the most popular games in the world, that the, the menus and like servers and systems of that game are, are a complete disaster. I don't know if you found that Alex, when you played it, but yeah. it's just a mess. 
Yeah, the only way I really found to enjoy it is making um, like the custom race playlist kind of things, which are pretty interesting. Uh, Those are fun. Yeah, but like if you're looking to just do GTA missions, yeah, it's kind of garbage trash fire for that. But if if you want to do the custom races and playlists and stuff, that stuff's pretty good. That's that's where it kind of turns into Trackmania. We found that um, there's a number of like two player specific missions. Um, and we found that, that those were pretty fun to play just the two of us. Um, and those are ones that no one is playing. So it was easy to like make a private game of those for us. Um, what I still don't understand though, I've now like, I just sat there and like researched this for a while last night. What I still don't understand is that there's like a menu where you can set up a mission and then, um, there's a, but they don't have all the missions that are on the map. So like there's missions on the map that you go do that are like have cutscenes and stuff. You can't do those missions from the job creator. So I don't really understand like is the only way to access those missions by going to them on the map. What's the disconnect? Like what's the difference in those missions? It's very strange. I want to play the heist stuff because that seems like pretty cool having watched, I've been watching giant bomb play that stuff and it seems fun. Um, and then there's just stuff like I want to buy a blimp in that game. I want to buy a blimp and fly it around and do dumb shit with a blimp. That sounds like a lot of fun. And to do that, you need a fuckload of money. And so I'm going to keep playing missions so that I can try to get enough money to buy a blimp. It's just, it's I mean, honestly, if I was playing that game, I would want a blimp too. So I don't <laughs> well, and they, they keep putting really weird stuff in like you could like jetpacks and like, cars that I think turn into airplanes, not the, the, obviously there's the transform races stuff. That's like the Sonic racing game. But I mean, like just in the, for the open world, I think you can buy a car that transforms into an airplane. That's the kind of stuff that I want to fuck around with. Cause it sounds really fun. Um, but there's a lot of st- stuff to cut. And there's things like, unless you go into the menu and edit the notifications stuff, NPCs will call you every two minutes to tell you, you should like buy a nightclub or like, Hey, go buy a bunker. And like the calls don't stop the call. They just keep like, there's just constant NPCs talking to you about dumb bullshit all the time. And then I found that you can change the notification settings, but nothing tells you that you have to basically like Google everything. Whenever a thought occurs to you in this game, you have to go into Google and like GTA five online, how to make private games because like (laughs) there's no help at all in the game. It's so weird. Anyway, that was my, that was my week sinking city (laughs) that I played Dauntless too, but I don't have a ton of thoughts on that. That's a great game. You should play Dauntless. Uh, sounds good. Um, so I don't really have much more to say either than playing Mario maker, which I'll probably be continuing to play this through this next week. Um, other than I've been playing through more Pokemon. So, uh, <laughs> got as far as, uh, into heart gold as I am right now. Um, there's still a lot of post game stuff I haven't gotten into, but then I just, I, uh, was, I got through the elite four beat all the gym leaders. And I was like, Oh, let's go beat red because I did that when I was a kid mm. and red is fucking high level. Yeah. And I don't know what I did as a kid to get to that. Like, like how did I do it? Because you go and you're like at, at the end of like defeating all the gym leaders and stuff, my Pokemon are all like, you know, about level 50 or something like 
they're all like leveled pretty normally. And, and like, I think the biggest complaint about Pokemon, like the heart gold soul silver is that some of the leveling is a little bit bullshit. Like I did have to grind before, um, I could actually beat the elite four because my Pokemon were like, I, I like played the game normally. And then suddenly my Pokemon were completely underleveled. But then, uh, I looked at like red for, uh, being able to beat them. It's like, Mine are like level 50. That's great. His are all like 80 plus. Like his weakest Pokemon is level 80. His highest level Pokemon is level 88. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What did I do? Did I just like grind like for hours and hours as a kid? Like, what did I even do? And so I'm like, I'm as a kid. Like, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Like, me with playing Pokemon Gold, I'm like, well, I have like limited games and I'm just going to like, just play this constantly, which I guess is the thing I did, but like, man, that was, that, that's, that was a, that's a weird one. But anyways, um, so I, I might go, go back to that one because, uh, that it, like, that's my favorite region and it's, and gold and heart gold are my two favorites, um, in this series, like total, but I just started playing, uh, Pokemon Emerald and it's, 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 it's really good. Um, <laughs> I feel like Pokemon, like it's, there's not a lot to say. Just, uh, it's been very nice to have in the background since I've been having some busy weeks, uh, and kind of stressful weeks to be able to just be like, let's play some Pokemon. Have you, have you caught any shinies? Uh, not yet. Nothing, nothing big. I haven't gone back to let's go Pikachu and done some shiny hunting recently. Uh, might do that later, but it just takes so long that it's, it's nice when you get one, but at the same time, you can be wandering around trying to catch a shiny for hours and it, it gets, it, I feel like I need to be in this specific mood for it. Um, also, uh, some of the places that are specifically really good for shiny hunting in let's go are also get like the worst leg, like the worst leg, <laughs> like, um, like if you like Viridian forest is, is really good for shiny hunting because it's like spawns a ton of Pokemon. Um, and it, it's really good. But if you are, have like a high, um, co- catch combo and you have a lure going, it is going to just chug along. Like the switch is like, I can't handle this at all. Um, so it's it, it, that, that got a little bit annoying, but I, I haven't tried shiny hunting in other games to be honest, but, I think I know, I think it's easier in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So if I end up replaying some of that, I might try that because it's, 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 it's a cheap thrill to be like, my Pokemon's a slightly different color. (laughs) Once you start it, it's, it's kind of, it's exciting. So yeah, I think that's it for me. Uh, and we've been going for a while. So unless you, any of you have any pressing thoughts, uh, I think we can call it this week. Oh, I wanted to ask if you, either of you are still playing Wizards Unite. Sort of. Uh, no. I deleted it. I, I might delete it. I, I think. I'm also, I'm also mad at JK Rowling. So I'm like, I don't want to give you my time. Oh, no. What did she do now? Uh, I mean, like, turf. yeah, it, it's oh, not no. necessarily new, but a lot of people have been focusing on the fact that she follows a lot of like anti-trans activists on 
Twitter and people um, are like, oh, she's just doing research, but not <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that's the justification. They're like, oh, she just wants to read it, but it doesn't mean she endorses it. But it's like, yeah, but she doesn't follow any pro trans. Also, never publicly endorsed like any trans people or movement yeah. like that. Whatever. Like, when you follow like t- like a, when you follow like a dozen anti-trans activists, and then you don't follow any pro-trans activists. Didn't she also? Like, wasn't, there was like liked tweets or something too, right? Yeah, they tried to justify that of like, oh, she missed like press. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> like uh-huh. it, like that could. Well, she happen, has such a good track record, but it doesn't happen multiple times, and it's just like there's so many like little things that you're just like, ugh. Any, but anyways, it's like liked a tweet before. I have not accidentally liked like a bunch of tweets, you know? Right, exactly. You might do that once, but it's, you don't slip. Your hand doesn't slip like twenty times, and you don't accidentally follow people like a bunch of turfs. Like you yeah. don't accidentally follow a bunch of people where that's a major part of the internet presence. And like, I'm not necessarily going to um, not play any more Harry Potter games or like do any more Harry Potter stuff because it's like. God damn it. That's still like a big part of my like. And at this point, let's be honest, like the anyone making a Harry Potter game, she has such little involvement. Like, uh, yeah, I don't right, know. It's, right. But I, but, but like, it, it kind of soured my, like, totally. Yeah. That's right reasonable now. too. So I was just like, well, fine. Fuck you. <laughs> and then yeah. I haven't played it since. But yeah. yeah. Also, the, I mean, like that game is just so the map is so I can't do anything in that game when I'm at home or at work. Yeah. And like, I can't do anything like it takes so much like brain power to do stuff in that game. There's so much like thinking I can't walk and play it. Yeah. So, that's why uh, it, it's, 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 ugh, I don't know. I like a lot of what it's doing. I just wish that I could, I, I, I wish that there was a, more of a way to like kind of move in a wider radius, move around more without yeah. having to actually physically go places. Cause I'd rather just play Pokemon if I'm going to do that. Um, and I also think that this game is going to be, I mean, like it seems like it came and went very quickly from like people talking about it. So I think that, that it's going to be a huge disappointment for Niantic. Like that's my assumption. It, Whereas, I mean, it's install base was, it, it never hit the anywhere close to the highs of Pokemon Go. And I, install base. And, I mean, ultimately yeah. Harry Potter's a bigger IP than Pokemon. So you would think that, I mean, it may not be a bigger IP among people who play video games, but that's not really the target audience of their games because people who play video games will play their games either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Pokemon go had such a huge impact when it came out, like just culturally, like it was talked about on the news so much and like such a big thing. And I haven't seen any of that with wizards unite and for a game that the IP has to cost more money than Pokemon, like <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I feel like if I asked, some people who don't necessarily follow games and they're like, Oh, did you hear that there's Pokemon go for, but for, um, Harry Potter, people will be like, what? I have no idea. And also why probably Right. like that would be my guess is that they would be like, well, why would I want to do that? And Um, like, I haven't put a lot of time in either of the two games, but the reason I got mad at wizards unite and actually I, I live, probably in a spot that's a little bit better in terms of like, I can do a thing or two from home. Um, like 
like I live a block off of like a really big street in Brooklyn. So there's like a lot of stuff behind me, (laughs) but like, um, so yeah, I could do like a little bit like from home, but I was, I, I've been walking a lot to like the train station instead of taking the bus. And that's like a 40 minute walk, um, normally. And I was late to work. I mean, it was fine. It was a slow day, but like I was late to work cause I had to keep stopping to do stuff. Like yeah, it, it was like, I feel like it's much less the case with Pokemon go that oh, like, yeah. I could, you know, you can play that game and walk like you can't yeah. play Harry Potter. Oh, absolutely not. Like, and I think that that's a big deal for this type of game. Like you, yep. it needs to be something that, you can play and walk otherwise like why why are you playing a game where you need to physically walk somewhere if you can't play it and walk at the same time (laughs) right it's it's like it's very much a physically um like like it it wants you to go places physically but it also wants you to like stand still to play it it's it's yeah it's it's annoying (laughs) like yeah it's not it's not the kind of thing where you can say oh i'm gonna play this on my daily commute which is kind of what i did with pokemon go when i for the short time that i was playing it was like okay when i'm walking to work i'm gonna play this game and that's fine um whereas this one it's like you have to go out and decide okay, I'm going to go play Harry Potter for a while. And so let me go do that and not do anything else. And this will be my, whatever I'm doing now. It's like, I can't add it into, I can't find the time to add this into my day, which we do with Pokemon as well. But I don't know. It just Pokemon. It feels much more like it's sort of like what Sam was talking about, where like, if, if my partner and I go out on a walk and she plays, she doesn't really care about Harry Potter. She plays Pokemon and I play, um, I play Harry Potter. What's going to happen is she's going to stop. She's going to like stop momentarily to catch something or stop at a Pokestop. And I'm going to be going, wait, 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 I hang on. I got to finish this. Yeah. And we're going to stand there for five to 10 minutes. And that's just not like, it's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I think that'll probably do it. So, uh, end of the show stuff. Alex, where can people find you? On top of a building on Monday, watching fireworks. Sounds very good. Uh, Pat, how about you? You can find me uh, at PJC Plays, where I'll be emphatically tweeting about the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, um, hopefully emphatically tweeting about the U S women's national team this Tuesday, uh, <laughs> as we take on England in the semifinals of the women's world cup yesterday was a very good game. People should watch soccer. Yeah, people people were psyched on it. It's, it was so good. It was nerve wracking, but so good. Erica, how about you? Uh, you can find me at Erica, A I R E H C U H. And you can also find me at KCON next week. Woo! I'm, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited for me too. <laughs> I, I want to hear everything. And I told Erica this, but I've like, like, I still have the song bloom bloom by the boys stuck in my head. Like it's, <laughs> It's a good song. You have no idea how happy I was reading that <laughs> message this morning. I'm like, I've done it. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just sitting yeah. around going like, I was like, coming this time. I'm like, what song is this? And I was like, oh, 
It's it's the boys. The boys. The boys. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. I'm going to be at a convention next week too, but uh, I'm also, uh, I have like a lot of cool stuff I'm going to this week. Like I'm going to the Lonely Island tonight. Next week is Curly Ridge Jetson. So uh, I'll probably be tweeting about that. It's very exciting. I'd like to to share that now the replies to the crew two's one year anniversary infographic are all no one can read this because they made it in too low a quality to be able to read the detail. What I can tell you is that um, there's a section for their free updates. I don't really know what I can't read what these stats are for, but I can tell you that the first one had 40 M second one had 14 M and the third one had three M. So assuming that's some kind of player action being taken, that's a pretty steep decline over the three free updates. (laughs) You can find out more about the crew two's bad infographic at the crew game. And then also uh, follow us anywhere you can find podcasts. Leave us a review, maybe, or uh, reading or. Wait, I just wanted to let you guys know Sam and I went through. Sam and I. That sounds like salmon. Anyways, uh, we went through <laughs> our aggregated platforms and where we're getting the most listens and views. And oh, do you guys hot. know what our number one platform I, is? I know what it is. I do. Is Everyone it, already knows what it is. Is it Pornhub? It's Pornhub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably the platform with the most users. Let's yeah. be honest. That's true. So yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks Pornhub. If you're listening in, well, we'll, we'll keep, keep you guys up to date. Oh, also continuing to disappoint you with no pornography on this. We will, I can promise you that we will be continuing to disappoint you with that. <laughs> uh, also uh, a shout out to the group where we all pretend to be boomers. People should, that that has joke should get in on that joke. It's, I just, it's so good from what you guys have been sharing. It, it honestly, like, kind of was like helped me get through this hard week. Where a I'm just like, time to yell about being a boomer. <laughs> a reporter who works with BuzzFeed um, was messaging people in the group to try to get them to like explain it to them, and everyone was responding to their messages with, as a boomer <laughs> saying like. <laughs> Bless. I'm blocking you. <laughs> this is very good. I, I, don't 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 spoil the joke. No, it's 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 a precious group that has grown exponentially, and it's wonderful. I love it. It's yeah. one of our cheeseburgers, two dollars. I remember thirty four cents, and they want eighteen dollars an hour. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I yeah I. I made a fake post ask like like fake sending a, a text to my husband saying I want a divorce and I'm like I'm still very proud of that. <laughs> People keep sharing the hot dog pie. Oh, I've seen that like 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyways, I think it. that'll do it for us. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Have bye. a good one. Bye.